my witches! This is the Marvelously Mohawked Witch Podcast, and I am your host, Stephanie. Good news, everyone! I have officially purchased a domain name, and my webpage person is on it to get it up and running. So you will be able to go and buy merch, click on the link to take you to the Patreon, directly to it. Um, You can read my blog, not blog notes, my notes from the show. You can see who I am in real life. All sorts of other fun stuff is going to be on there. So um, that person is working on it and we will get you the content and the link here as soon as it's up and running. So um, also this site will allow me to uh, let you purchase merch separately. If you don't have the ability or don't want to become a Patreon for whatever reason, you don't have to, and you can just go straight to the website and just buy a cup and go from there. Or buy notepads and go from there. So completely up to you. Also, don't forget that when you do become a patron at the lowest level, which is, I believe, a dollar, it's either one or two dollars, Um, you can gain access to my Discord server and then we can chat. I've got a couple different rooms in the server, um, different, uh, different rooms like full moon, sabbats, books, pictures, stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, so hit me up on patreon.com slash marvelously mohawked witch and also Instagram at marvelously mohawked witch. You can see my posts. I don't do a lot, but I do, I do still try to post things. And then you can also email me at dreamwalkingwitch at gmail.com. As many of you most likely have seen in the news, this full moon is not only a super moon, but also what is known as a blood moon. And also, it is bringing about a lunar eclipse. So we've got a couple different things that we're juggling here. So in the past, I've spoken about super moons. Um, And that just means that it is closer to the Earth, so its orbit is closer um, to that section of the Earth that you can see it closest at. Um, A blood moon, however, occurs when a lunar eclipse happens, which is when the moon is fully obscured by Earth's shadow. So this causes a red appearance, or what we in the witch world know as a blood moon. And you probably have seen it referred to that more often because these terms are becoming more and more uh, mainstream. So, I mean, it's not a bad thing to see terms that we use traditionally in our past and the things that we deal with. So that's awesome. My Hollywood section will discuss this particular type of moon a little bit more in depth with the program I chose. Um, Just remember, if you live in West North America, West South America, East Asia, and Oceania, you will be able to view the eclipse during the early morning hours just before dawn. So coming up this evening and into the early morning hours. And then that information was brought to you by almanac.com, my favorite website to get the information about the moon. And then the flower moon, as it is called, means we are seeing flowers blooming more and more. Just like you would see when we've talked about the corn moon, when we've talked about the harvest moon, they have a specific meaning depending on what um, region and what tribe that region was in, um, what they talked about and how they, how they saw it. So this full moon equals more powerful spell work, ritual work, 
And to me, it feels like it is a perfect time to supercharge, pun intended, your crystals that you work with, cleansing your ritual, cleansing your altar, tools, books, any devices that you use while you're in your your circle um, doing spell casting and doing ritual work. This is also a perfect time to work with knot magic and sigil magic. So this is what I will be discussing this episode. So I actually have a couple of knot magic books and I cannot find all of my sigil books, but I know I have at least two. Um, so yeah, I just got to go out and look for the other two. Um, so one famous knot is called The Witch's Ladder, um, and we're going to talk about that from the book by Sarah Bartlett, Knot Magic. Ladder spells have been traced back as far as Egypt, Greece, and Rome, but they're, they're even further back than that. This is just what they've recorded and what they've seen. Uh, some of the things woven into a ladder, uh, Witch's Ladder, can include jade, feathers, foods, bottles of liquids, skin of different animals, skin of yourself, skin of other people, hair, teeth, plants, bones, pretty much anything that you can think of to weave into it. Flowers, grasses, tobacco, incense, so little bottles, um, like I said, bottles of liquids. Um, and there's other different items dependent upon the use for the witch's ladder. Um, being a mom of a Boy Scout, I know firsthand how complex knots can be, so knot magic was not haha, always something I strove for because, well, I fumble with multiple types um, of knots and am pretty much only adept at doing the tying my shoes knot and double knot only with precision. So, I mean, it takes me a little bit, but I can do the others that we learned in Scouts um, as a Scout mom, but it takes me a bit to relearn it, basically. Um, but that does not mean, however, that I can't learn how to do this spell work. It just means that it takes practice. And usually in the knot books that you read, the spell will tell you whether you need to have braided cord, whether you need to have free uh, laying cord that you can uh, knot at uh, specific variable. Uh, specific times during the spell or how many knots you're going to do when they're going to happen what they're going to be for and what you need to say and or do during those knots um so traditionally knots are hard to undo i mean that's why the magical element exists for them in the first place um, when you're doing knot magic for a specific purpose you want to have a clear intention in mind and remember obviously do your research you know also know that you're not able to bind a living being you're not not able to force will nor are you able to set aside con consent to bring something or someone to you for a romance so those are some some simple things that you need to understand our motto our creed is harm none so remember when we are doing knot magic, when we are doing sigil magic, it is strictly there to tie a bond that is not towards a person. If you want to keep someone away, perfect, that's fine. You can do that knot to keep that person away. If you want to try to attract them a little bit, that's fine, but you are not forcing your will onto them, okay? Just remember that. Always, always be mindful of these things first and foremost. Within the realm of knot magic, the spell that I found in Miss um, Bartlett's book 
was for prosperity and abundance. Um, there's lots and lots of different spell works in there, but I liked this one. Um, it is titled Goal Charm. As it sounds, uh, it can be used to achieve a specific goal. And a good time to cast is just before a full moon. So you could do it in the days leading up to a full moon or the day of a full moon. Uh, you will need a short yellow candle, a lighter matches, two yellow silks, three strand braids. So you have to braid them ahead of time. A sunflower image. And she put a picture of a sunflower on the, the opposite page. So you could use that one if you wanted to. Um, and a handful of sunflower seeds. Because of the, the type of candle that you're using, you want to have a short, concise goal that is to the point. So a couple of words, um, something that doesn't take up a lot of space because you're going to carve it on the candle. So for the remainder of the spell, um, you will say the charm associated with the spell, light the candle, and tie a knot in the middle of each of your two lengths of braid. Before you made it to this point in the spell, she wanted you to tie a knot at each end, just a single knot, okay, just to keep them together. At this point, after you have tied a knot in the middle of each of the two lengths of braid, you're going to let that yellow candle burn down into the carved word or words and begin to start to melt through it and then blow it out. At that point, you're going to scatter the seeds on the sunflower image and place the two knotted braids in an X or cross over the flower. Leave for one whole day to optimize the power of solar energy. So she's not only using the full moon energy, she's also using the sun's energy. So that's awesome right there. That's using both um, powers to work that goal into the universe. So the spellcraft words that she used are, I write my request on this candle to bring me light, to reinforce the power of the sun in my life, and to manifest my goal. And that's it. After, after everything is done, after your day, just make sure that you clean it up and then maybe plant the seeds if they are that type of sunflower seed. Um, she didn't mention anything about that, but I mean, I like to do stuff like that because it gives that power into the earth. And... You know, that's your choice. That way we're not just throwing it away. So um, the other thing that we were going to talk about today is sigil magic. And it is similar to not magic in that it allows you to produce a powerful spell with an image and allows you to craft your own. But again, don't forget to do your research with this because most of the books that are out there, they have pre-made sigils. They show you how to draw them. They tell you, you know, once you know how to do it, once you know the the geometry and the line work behind it. You can understand how to do this and then it's pretty simple from there. Uh, again, unfortunately for me, it's not that easy. It takes me a little bit of time. I have to figure out what I need, what I want it to look like, and it just, it takes me a while, okay? So, while it may seem simple on the outset to copy a sigil someone else has crafted, which is perfectly fine, if you want to craft your own, it does take a little bit more time, research. That way you can understand the images, the meanings, the symbols, and the runes, if you are using any, that you plan on using, as well as the intent you wish to place upon that sigil. I, like I said, currently have a few books regarding sigils. Um, the one that I actually was using uh, was the book 
Practical Sigil Magic by Freighter U.D. Um, he was the one who actually said it's pretty easy once you learn the technique and understand the background behind it and how to get to that point. Um, I do have the first volume of the Fundamental Book of Sigil Magic by K.P. Theodore. I want to get the second volume. And then I also, I think it's in my wish list, Sigil Witchery by Laura Tempest Zaroff. Um, but I think that those are good books to learn off of how to do sigil magic and spell work. This book that I've had, it, it is one of the first sigil books that I came across, oh gosh, a couple years ago. Um, and it comes up in my search hist uh, searches anytime I look for sigil books. It's like one of the top books. So I don't know if he's paying for that or... Um, to keep it at the top of that list, or if it's just because that's one of the top rated books. So, some popular sigils include the Norse symbol for protection that also doubles as a compass. It's a big circle, and it's got a couple of different lines radiating from the middle that end in different uh, rune work that encompass various parts of the Norse mythology. It's really beautiful. The Triquetra and Trinity Knot, made popular by the OG TV show Charmed. The Triskel and the Tree of Life in Celtic lore. And the TV show Supernatural also brought about an uptick in sigil magic and searches for various sigils used on the show. Um, and that was as a result of them using it. They use Enochian magic, they, knew, they use pretty much whatever the spell calls for. I mean, at this point, Sam is a witch. I mean, come on. But anyway, I digress. Um, but that is kind of where you see an increase in search history for different sigils. You see an increase in Enochian searches um, and witches runes. What's the other one I saw? Norse has always been popular. Um, and then Celtic. Those are kind of the main ones that I see a lot of popping up. Um, and you see a lot of people getting those tattoos, whether they know what they mean or not. I mean, I have a lot of friends who do. And then I have one or two that they're like, that's cool. It's really pretty. Okay, but do you know what it means? <laughs> you know, please don't put it on your body unless you know what it means or you have done your research. You know, that's a huge thing. Um, the only spell that I was going to talk about was the not magic spell earlier. And then I was going to jump right into my Hollywood section. Uh, so today I'm going to be talking about the, sh the movie Practical Magic. And if any of you out there have seen this movie, you know the premise of it. You've probably watched it a bunch of times, just like me. It's one of my favorite movies. I'm not a huge, huge fan of Nicole Kidman. I do like most of the things I've seen her in. It's just sometimes I'm like, eh, really? Come on. But she's, she's, I mean, she's, there's nothing wrong with her. It's just sometimes something, you know, it's like, really? We couldn't have gone with someone else? But I, I am a huge Sandra Bullock fan. Um, just because I love the things that she does and she, you know, just in general. And then I do love the movie work that she does. Um, it's a pretty decent cast. I like it. And then the girls that played the daughters, they were really good, you know? So, uh, in the movie, we are introduced to the Owens sisters, Sally and Jillian, and they are initially set out to live with their aunts, Francis and Jet, 
when their mother dies of a broken heart after their father dies from a family curse. And there is a little bit of backstory prior to that, but this is the main plot line. You know, there is a family curse. They are not allowed to love, or if they do, it is very short and brief. And sisters are the main theme. They are going to be just like their aunts, grow old, have a million cats, die together, die on the same day, probably, as Jilly says. Okay. So we see the sisters grow up. One becomes kind of like a hermit witch. She doesn't really want to use her powers. She wants to just kind of be normal. (laughs) There's no such thing as normal. And then we see a free spirit witch, one who, you know, wants to nothing more than to just have fun. You know, when she makes the comment when she's talking to Sally's daughter later on in the movie, you know, did you ever put your arms out and just spin and spin and spin and spin? And I've done that. I'm sure many of us have done that, you know? So it's interesting to see the two, the two sisters and how they grew up. After they get to be adults, the aunts actually intervene. They get Sally a husband. She has two beautiful daughters. Uh, Jilly moves on with her life and starts, you know, globe trotting with all these fancy schmancy people at the pool and parties and stuff like that. And then, inevitably, Sally goes to live with the ants after her husband dies from the family curse, the Death Watch beetle. She tries to get to it, which is actually pretty impressive. Um, And the sisters come with her. She sets out the house rules that they will not be doing this, that, the other. There will not be any, you know, hanky-panky at the house. We are just here to get ourselves back on our feet. And then she proceeds to go into a deep depression where she's sleeping all the time and her daughters are wanting her and they want their mom back and they're sad too, you know? You know, they're all going through this. Jillian then comes to Sally's side to lift her out of her depression, get her to live for her daughters, live for herself. Later on in the movie, after Jillian gets Sally out of her funk, she leaves to go be with Jimmy, a violent, abusive man who has a string of victims in his wake. And one night, while Sally is writing a letter to Jilly, she goes out to the post uh, to put it in the mail and sees a ring around the moon, and that signals a sign of trouble not far behind. The phone rings. Sally instantly knows it's Jilly. She runs to get it. She's in trouble. She's trapped. Jimmy wants her. What's out? She's she's done. She she's been hurt. So she goes. Sally goes to her aid. Jilly goes to get her stuff out of his car, sees the blood on the moon and the ring. She has to get her tiger's eye amulet, and this is where Jimmy gets the jump on the girls. Um, He takes them hostage on a driving trip while he smokes and drinks his way through the trip. The sisters devise a plan to drug him with belladonna. We all know that that is a powerful drug. Uh, The only thing is, Sally is unaware of how much to use. And so she kills him. (laughs) Uh, After they drive back home with a dead Jimmy in the car, Jilly has a foolproof plan. Use the ant spell to bring him back. No, don't do this. No, it's very bad. After a lot of arguing back and forth, they decide to move forward. And of course, we know what happens next. Jimmy comes back as an even more violent being, tries to kill Jilly again, and again is killed by Sally. They bury him. 
The ants come back with Sally's girls. The ants immediately know something's up. And they don't want to talk about it. So then we move forward. Jilly starts making trouble in town a little bit. There's a little bit of, you know, witch, witch. You're a witch thrown at the girls. There's a curse thrown at one of the boys. The ignorant, ignorant child. Um, and, of course, he comes down with chicken pox. You know. Um, but Sally wants to live this normal life in this town, you know, even though her family history is of being a witch, you know, practicing witches. And so her goal with her husband was to open up this organic store where they sell these fresh made products for skin, hair, um, other ailments that you can have. So she gets started on working through her grief to get started on this plan, to get this store up and running. Of course, we've got the PTA and the moms who, you know, the judgy, judgy moms out there. So Jilly starts to get a little bit crazy. She, you know, does a few things that she probably shouldn't in retrospect, but you know, it's Jilly. She's the one that spins around with her arms in the air, you know? So she kind of rubs him the wrong way, of course, and we move on. At the house, the girls are able to, one of the girls, her older daughter, Sally's older daughter, is able to see the image of Jimmy out by the rose bush. And unfortunately, he's sticking around. He's causing all sorts of trouble. And it starts to get problematic for the for the sisters. It starts to get problematic for the aunts and then for the, for the girls. So the aunts decide after midnight margaritas, there's some serious name calling, but all in good fun. And then they start to sing Jimmy's favorite song. They see a bottle of tequila. They get all crazy and throw the bottle in the sink and glass shatters. And they basically say, nothing happened. We handled it. Well, you didn't really handle it because you didn't. So the ants leave. They protect the girls. They use a piece of their ancestors' hanging rope to make a... I mean, it's, it's around their neck, so it's a necklace. But it's basically using knot magic. You know, they knotted it around their necks, told them not to take it off and they left. They let Jilly and Sally clean up their own mess. And so Sally gets a letter from this detective in Arizona and he's on his way and for whatever reason she feels like she can't lie to him when he gets there. She wants to tell him the truth. Jilly wants to lie to him. She wants to feed him some food that's got spell work in, into it and so it's pretty funny because the girls go and throw this really pretty syrup canister off the cliff and I'm like oh why can't you just dump it out and wash it <laughs> but it's it's part of the plot so whatever so then a big old toad comes sitting on the on the ground and he spits up one of Jimmy's rings and it's his signature ring and it's a ring that they have linked to other women who've been either hurt and or murdered by Jimmy. They also know that the car in the driveway is Jimmy's. So 
Sally fights her urge. He fights his urge because he's, like, freaking out. And Jilly is having some serious bubble guts. And by bubble guts, I mean Jimmy is starting to possess her. And he leaves. Sally goes to his hotel room. They have some fun together because she can't resist him because there's a spoiler in here. She wished for him. Well, wait, he wished for her too. Then she comes home to find that Jilly is being attacked psychically, but in her body. So she devises a plan. The ants come back just in time to help out, but they need a whole coven. So she activates, Sally activates the phone tree and she says, guess what? I'm a witch. And everybody knew it, obviously, but they just wanted her to come out of the broom closet, uh, as one of the gals said. There are a couple of open-minded women on this phone tree. And so the, all the women come to their aid. They come, they do the spell work, and they kick his ass out of there after a little bit of blood spell work between the two sisters. And it turns out that this blood spell work actually destroyed the entire family ancestral curse, which is pretty awesome. That's some pretty heavy-duty magic. They take the pot of boiling ugh, stew, <laughs> for lack of a better term, out. They dump it all over where they buried Jimmy's body, and that's it. That's the end of it. And then we cut to a scene a little bit later where they're pruning out the rose bushes and they're working in the garden and they're getting everything ready to go. She gets a letter. Sally gets a letter from the detective. He closed the case and he gave her the ring back. So she burns the ring and later on we see her do a little bit of spell work by the night of the moon. It's basically a spell to... Oh, I wouldn't say bring him to her, but I mean, in essence, that's what it is. It's letting him know that even though they wished for each other, they can still be together. So yeah, so that is my episode tonight, my witches. Um, I just want to let you know that I appreciate every single person who has liked any of my posts on Instagram, anyone who has thought to send an email, anyone who listens, anyone who downloads off of Buzzsprout, anyone. We, I appreciate it. Um, whatever platform you choose to listen on, Spotify, Stitcher, doesn't matter. I appreciate every single listener. Even if you don't want to write in, even if you don't want to do anything in, it's just to listen to something on your commute, even if it's just something to get you started for your ritual tonight, or your spell work tonight, it's all that matters. I appreciate every single one of you. All right, my witches, blessed be.